Hello and welcome to NeuroShambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen, and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So, if you're anything like me and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello and welcome to episode six of NeuroShambles, which is the Christmas special, primarily because it's nearly Christmas, not because it's particularly special. I mean, it is still a great episode, but um, don't get your hopes up is what I'm saying. Um, so we've, we're doing the usual classics. Uh, we've got Meet the Guest, where we're actually going to be re-meeting a guest that we've had on before, which I'm very excited by, um, where we're going to be talking about Christmas and all of the fun and games that we uh, usually encounter at Christmas time. We've also got neurodiversity champions and tiny epic wins, plenty of what the flip moments as well to share with you. So that's all to come up. But for now, meet the guest. So it's time to meet the guest. And this time uh, for a first in NeuroShambles, we are meeting a guest that has been on before. So we are reacquainting ourselves with a guest. Uh, so I'd love to welcome back to NeuroShambles, Belle. Hello, Mark. Hi. Great to be back. It's really, really wonderful to be back. Belle from episode two. Episode two. Uh, we previously talked about birthday parties. If you haven't listened to episode two, um, Belle is actually my guest's pseudonym. It's not her, her actual name, um, but she wanted to be anonymous and I was oh. happy to oblige. So Full on Disney disguise. If you could see me, I'd be gilded in gold. <laughs> oh, delightful. <laughs> it's quite fitting that we're we're you, we're back for the Christmas episode because I can now call you Jingle Bell. Jingle Bell. Oh, who'd have thought? Why didn't I think of that one first? <laughs> it's an actual joke on the podcast, I think, for the first time. So, um, so yes, it's it's delightful to have you back. Now, obviously, uh, you've kind of talked about your your kids in the in the podcast before, but uh, yep. if you'd like to just kind of give us another little uh, lowdown on the neurodivergencies in your household bit of a summary bit of a status update I suppose so um, I've got two children um, Amber is eight she'll be nine before too long um, she is diagnosed as autistic with PDA and SPD uh, most of our listeners will probably be fairly familiar with those acronyms and I know we've gone over them in previous episodes and I've also got um, Oscar who is uh, seven now um, and he has uh, Tourette's and he is waiting assessment for autism and ADHD. Okay, so now we've had our, our um, reacquainting ourselves with the guests and we've had a quick catch up. I think it is time to look at the next section. What's the topic of the week? Okay, so this uh, the topic of this particular podcast is, um, unsurprisingly, Christmas. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether to say Merry Christmas or whether to give bar humbug. <laughs> you know, if you, if you think about it, for most neurotypical families, Christmas is a magical time. It's fun and it's exciting and it's a great way to spend quality time with your family. And, you know, I'm guessing, admittedly, for even for neuro vanilla families, um, which we, I'm sure we're used to dealing with, um, Christmas can be quite taxing as well. Kids are very excited and they're sort of overexcited and a little bit spoiled and that can get a bit much. But 
if you're in a neurodivergent family, a neuroshambolic family, it's even more so, you know, from the kind of hellishly prolonged build up to Christmas to the actual day itself, it can be pretty trying, I think. Um, it's quite a full on sort of sensory explosion of glitter and noise and general garishness, isn't it? And it, it lasts for so long. It does now. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, basically, as soon as Halloween's out the door, Santa comes in. That's it. That's it. You're on Christmas prep countdown. Jay is absolutely enraged by this. He will not. He will not stomach an uh, an early intervention of of Santa. So, <laughs> is some is Christmas something that you you personally enjoy, Belle, at Christmas? I, I think I used to. As a kid, I absolutely loved it. And I think as I've grown as a parent, I've realised that I had some very set expectations of Christmas and. When the kids were much younger, I was absolutely dead set on recreating that magic. Uh, yeah. And, you know, even hand making teacher gifts. I think one year I stayed up to two o'clock in the morning oh making God. hand making truffles for little favours for the teachers. I mean, who does that? But I think if I reflect back to what created that Christmas magic for me as a kid, it was, you know, staying at home on Christmas Day, having turkey for Christmas dinner having a real tree, not a plastic one, and having a massive pile of presents. So you've got that that rush on Christmas morning, you know, that that shock factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, At no point did you feel festive cheer based on the fact that your teacher was getting handmade truffles. <laughs> Self-imposed <laughs> expectations. Exactly. No, this is the thing though. I think I think you know, as as parents of neurodivergent kids anyway, you do you do try to live up to kind of what a way to how you were parented I guess if you've got fond memories of childhood mm. um you go oh yeah I want to recreate you, you sort of have visions of that being how your life is going to go and how your family Christmases are going to go and um Bucks Fizz for breakfast and for the rest of the day I quite fancy that I do have to do driving at Christmas <laughs> though so, so. <laughs> not really unless well, you you're talking the house about... on Christmas day oh dude there's a whole family road show that has to happen on Christmas and um I'm quite amazed your kids let that happen. I mean, yeah, we'll get onto that. I'll, I'll explain our Christmas routine <laughs> and where where that has uh, caused issues historically. But um, we we have a sort of a, a pretty set Christmas routine that works really well until other people are introduced. Basically, um, when we can control the variables, it works beautifully. But for you in your household, then you, you're all on board with Christmas, I presume. Yeah, fairly. I think, you know, we we do Christmas, the kids know Christmas and they kind of know the Christmas routine. And we I think over the last few years, we've kind of whittled down to what works better. And last Christmas worked better because we just scaled back on certain things. You know, we didn't stress that people didn't want to eat Christmas dinner at the table. Eventually they did. Okay. We had different dinner options for different people because actually the more important thing was that everybody was happy and was comfortable and we just wanted peace on Christmas <laughs> and actually so we kind of really redefined our expectations on what made Christmas Christmassy I think that's it us. isn't it yeah it is I mean mm. like, like I say you start to sort of crowbar your Christmas expectations in there but if you know eventually you just get nah we don't need to do any of that anymore um it's slightly different in our family in that Tam absolutely hates Christmas Tam can't stand it <laughs> 
<laughs> um, they can't abide it. So it's all on me to bring the festive cheer. Like everyone else is into it, but Tammy's like, I am not helping. I do not want a tree. Um, I mean, if I wasn't here, there would it would just be a it would be a sterile environment. You might get a Christmas card. That's about it. Um, so whereas I'm just like, we're getting a tree. We're getting decorations on that tree. It's going to be mayhem, and for the whole month of December, um, and. I love it, but but I completely get it from Tam's perspective as well, because you know yeah. Tam's neurodivergent, and uh, ADHD plays a big part of that as well. Um, and I was talking to to Tam about it last night, and they were saying, "I just feel so cluttered. This I feel like my house is shrinking because there's so much. We've got a fucking tree in the living room." That wasn't there before. So we've got to move other stuff out of the way to get the tree in the living room. And we've got to get all of the decorations out and, you know, and the tinsel, which is kind of, you know, it's, yeah, there's just clutter and there's visual noise that I don't think Tam fully appreciates. No, that's Chris. Christmas is very much the maker of mess and and chaos and clutter. And we have enough clutter here as it is, which we, you know, probably shouldn't have when, you know, I mean, Amber's, um, she had a, a recent report done with um, an occupational therapist and they said that she has additional sensitivity to both auditory and visual stimulation okay. and I was like oh okay clutter things like that yeah. probably not going to help then and then that kind of frames a reaction that I had from her last Christmas about a particular issue which I'm sure we'll come on to okay. and it's you know that that sensory overload of Christmas yeah, you know, you kind it, of yeah, it's so as visceral, neurotypical, you just forget. Yeah, no, exactly. I'd be like, hey, there's nothing wrong getting a tree in our house. <laughs> I think if Tam had their way, they would basically just hibernate for the whole of December, just get in a box yeah. and then come out in the new year when everything's cleared away, like a grumpy tortoise. In in December, it's I always find that there is a creeping dysregulation as the month progresses towards Christmas. I don't know if you have the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be slightly different for us this year because Amber's been out of school since May. So we haven't at the moment got this situation where she's kind of surrounded by all of the school related Christmas tension and mm-hmm. stimulus. So I'm curious to see how that plays out this year. I think, I mean, if I've learned anything over the last sort of year or so with her is that, you know, even things like counting down are a trigger to her and a demand to her that she struggles oh, with wow, and the okay. triggers that perhaps we hadn't realized before. So, you know, perhaps all of those things previously have contributed to that kind of path of dysregulation that kind of increases and increases and increases as Christmas arrives. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. This is the this is the interesting thing is, that, I mean, school is such a trigger, I think, for a lot of yeah. neurodivergent kids um, for so many reasons in the build up to Christmas. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see yeah to see how amber kind of deals with not having those those triggers because i know you know from from my lot there's always fun events they put on right it's like oh let's all watch elf for a day and yeah and to school disco and let's practice for the carol concert and so like the, the the regular lessons the sort of the routine that they they rely upon really to keep them regulated mm-hmm. just go to shit at christmas and the, the uptick of mufti days you know mufti day for this mufti day for that own clothes day christmas jumper day 
you know, oh, wear Rudolph's nose one, that day. That drives me crazy in Christmas as well. That really ramps up. It's like, wear a Christmas jumper day. <laughs> Dress as an elf day. Dress as a fucking sprout day. <laughs> it's relentless. And I, I don't know, it's sort of concertinaed into Christmas and there's lots of that. And there's two issues with those. Yeah, with, with, with that. Firstly, my kids, as they get more dysregulated, uh, are much more kind of acutely affected by clothing. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. in particular um, will be fine. And then if he's like got to wear a Christmas jumper, he's super, super like acutely itchy in a jumper and he, or, you know, he won't want to wear certain shoes because they're too tight. And so uh, mm-hmm. having that extra demand on him is, is a, a real problem. And he's really reluctant to go in. And we worked out the way around that. <laughs> well, firstly, the way around that now is just, well, just don't do it. <laughs> It's fine, I don't care. And he doesn't care. You know, it's not like he cares that his peers are judging him for not wearing a Christmas jumper. He's he's mm. he's, he's his own person. Um, but before we kind of realised that, what we did is we put them in thermal base layers, uh, like really soft thermal base layers. And he loves that. And, and Otto loves that. And then they can wear stuff over the top of it and it, they don't feel the itchiness. But now we just, just don't bother. That's interesting, isn't it? Because Amber, she will insist on wearing stuff to fit into what she perceives to be the social norm, even if actually she finds it distressing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something we've seen with her quite a lot, actually, like with school uniform. You know, she's been given permission to not wear school uniform because of her sensory needs, but she insists on when she's at school, she insists on wearing it. It'd be the same with Christmas jumpers and things like that, any of that kind of stuff. You know, if, if that's what she perceives to be the social expectation, she will enforce that upon herself. Even yeah. if anybody else stand, stands that down and says, no, you don't need to. It's, well, no, it's Christmas. It's Christmas jumper day. I have to wear a Christmas jumper regardless. Yeah. yeah. Otto <laughs> that's has really, big, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Otto has a big problem with that as well. But but more from a, a choice perspective, he panics about mm. not not knowing what to wear and not having the right, yeah. the right outfit. Um so he panics for a different reason. So they should just stop this nonsense. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know it's they're quite just, they fun. They just don't realise it. it's not inclusive. <laughs> it's not it's inclusive. Not, but then, you know, <laughs> then on the other hand, do we want to be the Christmas Grinches that go, oh, I shouldn't do that? You yeah, know, well, this cause... is it, isn't it? Those people again, those people that crept out on episode two about birthday parties and <laughs> rolling their <laughs> yeah, eyes exactly. in the background, you know, exactly. are coming back out again to roll their eyes about Christmas and I everything know. it brings with it. <laughs> Do you think she's going to miss out on sort of the Christmas performances as well, the, the Christmas concerts? Because that's a big thing at Christmas. That's an interesting one. Um, she's had... One year was a complete horror show where I went to see her do her nativity, just watched her up on the stage. She must have been, it was year, I think it was year, probably year two. Right. And mm-hmm. I just sat there in the audience completely, you know, hemmed in with all these parents around me, couldn't move. And mm-hmm. she was just, she just sat there and she just sobbed her whole way through it. And it was awful. And I just wanted to go and scoop her up and I couldn't get to her. And it was horrible. 
And I did give the teacher some words of advice after that, saying, you you know, you, you should have supported her out of that situation. Because yeah, that was awful. Totally. What are they doing leaving her crying on the stage? Well, exactly. So you can imagine the sort of our anticipation of the next one where she had insisted on going to choir practice and insisted on being involved. And the teacher said, oh, we've given her a speaking part. I said, sorry, what? <laughs> a speaking part? <laughs> okay. <laughs> But do you know and, what? Actually, yeah. she got up there and she did it. And awesome. we were so proud of her. So proud of her. I mean, everything's gone to rats since then, um, <laughs> where, where school's <laughs> concerned. You know, it's, it's definitely not going to happen this year. But at that point in time, you know, it was a real achievement for her that she she kind of overcame her yeah, sort of could... feelings and her fears. And she did stand up and she did read her little speech. And it was it was great. We were so proud of her. Yeah, I, I, um, I remember because nativity, I think, in reception, uh, certainly it is that's like your first school show is the first time you see all of your kids yeah. sort of on the stage with other kids. And and, um, and that that was a very early sign to us <laughs> that Jay and Otto were both very different, but for, for completely different reasons. Yeah. So Jay got... Um, I don't quite know why, but the nativity that year was uh, not about Christmas, or it was about about a band. I can't even remember. He was a conductor. I don't quite. I I can't remember. Genuinely, the plot was lost on me. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not <laughs> judging them. You know, it wasn't the performance. It it wasn't the staging. It was just a bit. It was a bit out there. Um, uh, but he was a conductor, and he had the most speaking. And he was put right in the middle of the stage. And I think now in hindsight, it's because he had no stage fright because he doesn't really care about other people judging him, right? He's not thinking <laughs> about them. He's just seen his own world. Well, great. Yeah, I'll be a conductor. Give me the baton. I'll crack on. Um, and he did that. And he'd do his little line and he did it really well. And then he'd sit down, but he'd be right in the middle of the stage. And I don't know if they thought planned for this. When he wasn't speaking... And when other people were speaking, he was all over the place. He was flopping about. He this was is trip like... hazard. <laughs> At one point, he started putting the baton up his nose. He started picking <laughs> his nose with the, with the conductor's <laughs> baton. I'm just like, my God. I'm so proud. I'm so proud oh, of my dear. child. Um, <laughs> and But he didn't give a hoot because, you know, everyone... <laughs> because he doesn't realise that people are watching him, right? Um so that was an early sign. Otto, on the other hand, on his nativity, like he he is anxious in a lot of situations. So I would mm. have predicted that he might have been anxious for his nativity. Um, but what we are learning about Otto is that if there's music involved, anxiety just disappears and he just fucking goes for it right? it's a useful so... useful skill to have in the back pocket no, it really though. is it's really nervous child because... pop on the tunes <laughs> yeah i it's really it's 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 magic to him i don't know what happened so so he's on stage and everyone's singing you know carols and stuff and you know they're just sort of standing there and singing and sort of staying still and he is rocking out literally just like dancing <laughs> people are like coming up to me after going he's got some moves hasn't he I was like, yes he does um <laughs> not from me but um so if he yeah he he was just going for it and it was uh it was quite it was quite nice to see um 
then the subsequent years, he sort of insisted. Like, so I think the last year that he was at the the primary school, he refused to do it uh, mm. unless he was given a drum. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna go. He would well, not do it? it unless he had a drum. So they were like, "Okay, fine, we'll give you a drum." So in the middle of this carol concert, just like, like animal from the Muppets. <laughs> He's just <laughs> on the drum, just losing it again. It's like a lot of enthusiasm, no anxiety at this point because he's got a drum. What, what's to be anxious about? Um, just drowning out the rest of them, basically. Um, so yeah, he he treats it very differently. But my probably my favourite one <laughs> with Jay, and again, this sort of ties in with his sort of aversion to wearing Christmas jumpers. Um, is that they did a, a carol concert uh, and they'd been practicing for ages and he decided he was not going to wear a Christmas jumper. Everyone else was wearing a Christmas, literally everyone <laughs> else in his whole year was wearing a Christmas jumper. Not Jay, no. It was a performance, so he's got to make the effort. So <laughs> he wore a suit. Excellent. <laughs> okay. so Absolutely dapper. Exactly. And again, he got into the middle somehow. So you've got this sea of faces of all these children wearing Christmas jumpers, singing Christmas songs, and Jay is in the middle of them wearing a full-on suit. Representing looking... the, the corporate identity of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, he looks like their manager, basically. <laughs> He's there going, let them sing. Let the kids sing, guys. And I was watching this and going, you know, well, that's fine. And he was singing. And then all of a sudden... He stopped singing and he started Uh-oh. scowling. Like oh, no. really got his proper grumpy face on. You know that autistic, really like cross face. Yeah. My face is going to b- portray exactly what I'm feeling right now. And I don't care who knows it. And I don't know. I didn't know what, what was what the problem was. And I spoke to him afterwards. I was like, what? You got a bit grumpy for a while back there, Jay. What, <laughs> what happened? And he went, I saw two people talking. Right, so oh, two no. people in the audience of like maybe hundreds were talking. They're not following the like, rules, though. That that's no, so important. Ex- exactly. And the justice. Where's the justice? Where's the teacher sending them out? Exactly. So there were two grown-ups who were at the back, right at the back, and he was just really like giving them evils, um, and they were oblivious to it, and I was not. I was very fully aware of it. Um, <laughs> He was, yeah, he stood out like a sore thumb. I think so many people sort of suspend disbelief at Christmas. There is a belief in magic. And I was wondering if you all kids, uh, before I go on with this bit, just be aware that I'm going to talk about the provenance of Father Christmas. And if that's going to cause a problem to anyone listening, please just take action now. Um, (laughs) But Father Christmas, Mm. do your children still believe i don't know um there was an incident en route to legoland this year and i don't know if it was just pda talking or whether it was right in an eight-year-old talking but there was some kind of vicious comment made towards oscar about you know father christmas no longer existing oh my god to which point i was like my worst nightmares have come true Oh no, she's ruined Christmas what for everybody. I, uh, well, I, I, I cuffed it a little bit 
and just went, oh, you know, that's a load of rubbish. I mean, how on earth do you think I would be able to afford all of those presents? I already buy you the lot <laughs> under the tree. Do you think I can afford the rest of them as well? I mean, what what am I made of money? It's not like me driving a golden Lamborghini and that jazz and really sort of, you know, kind of played it out with him and just sort yeah. of made him think it was just a bit ridiculous and but I did yeah, then was sort Oscar of, on board with that I think so I think I don't think you'll ever really know because I think there's always that weird transitional period as a kid that you know I remember and I think you know I was playing along with it just because I didn't want to hurt my parents feelings at one point you know so who knows well I'll tell you who knows Jay knows <laughs> The cat is out of the Christmas bag. And we did not tell Jay. He told us. Uh Yeah, he was he was four and he just went like he like he was breaking news to us. Uh Like, Daddy, I think you need to sit down. (laughs) I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tell you that Santa is not real. I was like, oh, what, what makes you say that, Jay? And it was like, oh, come on. Of course he's not going to be able to get around the world in all that time. It's logistically impossible. Well, it's the literal thinking, <laughs> isn't it? It's the literal thinking. It is. There's no magic there, is it? It's just no. like, of course, I'm, this is absolutely ludicrous suggestion. Um, and he just, there was no, you know, sometimes where they're sort of fishing for you to tell them. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, just like he just came out with it. It was a, a cold, hard fact that <laughs> Santa is not real. And I'd be an idiot if I didn't believe that. Um, so I sort of went, um, OK, but you don't tell your brother, OK? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't uh, and... quite get that luxury. And I think, I don't know, there's a story that we'll, we'll go on to a little bit later specifically about last christmas where I, i'm sure she she believed last christmas but i'm i'm not so sure she does now <laughs> okay yeah yeah well uh, to, in fairness to jay he has never told otto mm. uh he's always like kept it as a bit of a kind of nudge and a wink secret between us which he quite likes that i think yeah uh in a way so that's quite that's quite nice otto is is he broached the subject last year and I sort of said, well, do you, do you want him to be real? Because if he's not real, then the presents aren't going to appear, are they? <laughs> and he was like, no, yeah, yeah, he's real. He's, fine. he's, he's real. So, so that was that nipped in the bud. And uh, India, uh, I think still believes in the magic at the moment, but I, I do, I do fear that, that Jay or Otto, when they're cross, will just blurt it out and tell him, but yeah. you know, that's how it happens, isn't it? Eventually, you know, Nicholas Forbes told me in the playground at school when I was, um, you know, probably about five. So as well as sort of um, the belief in Father Christmas, there are also the occasions where, again, sort of these these projections as as parents of neurodivergent kids of going, well, let's 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 show the kids the magic. Let's take them to see Santa. Um, and that has not been as magical as I'd hoped. I'll be honest. We've, uh, yeah, we've had some experiences with Santa. What, what have you have you have yours been to visit any Santas? I think yeah. I think the most the, we we sort of stopped doing Santa visits after we went on the Polar Express, which we were all really excited about. We donned our Christmas matching pajamas. You know how all the 
the, the rest of the world. What is the do Polo it. Express? Just technically, it's, it's isn't, like a, isn't the Polo Express a movie? No, yeah, well, it's like, it's like an experience, and you go on a steam okay. train or whatever it is, and there's sort of like a show on the train where they do dancing and singing, and they hand out hot chocolate and cookies, and you kind of outside the window, there's like this wonderful display and you kind of go along the display and it takes you on the journey to Lapland and at the end of the journey Father Christmas you meet Father Christmas and he gets on the train and you know and he gives a gift to all of the children and what I just hadn't even occurred to me and hadn't even anticipated and there's fake snow as well uh, which is always quite exciting but I just hadn't anticipated that Amber just was totally confused by the whole thing because we had told her we were going on a train to Lapland to see Father Christmas. The train didn't right. go to Lapland. It went somewhere else in Sussex. And then a man dressed as Father Christmas got on the train and gave everybody a gift. And she just, she just, she was, you said we were going to Lapland to see Father Christmas. We are not in Lapland. <laughs> And she just, yeah, she just absolutely didn't get it. And I think it was at that point we were like, she called you out, totally, is what she did. Totally did. <laughs> and I think when I when I reflect on the the is he isn't he Santa Claus issue as well, and I think you know, are, are, are my my kids the kind of kids that I should be lying to this extent every year consistently? <laughs> Is this the right thing yeah, to be doing? Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, just uh, believe in the magic. And it's like, well, no. But We're just feeding you a line you know, every year. Yeah, exactly. We just want you to believe in the magic. And um, did it, Was it a real beard or was it a, a quite evidently fake beard? Oh, it was clearly, it was clearly a, a, a fake Santa. I mean, it was a nice costume and oh, whatever. Man. You know, they, they shelled out for it. But she was just having none of it. And I just it, it floored me because I just thought I mean she was still quite young at that point I think she must have been five or six and I just so, so did, you, did she call you out on the train in earshot of all the other, other children trying to remember now she was just sort of like you said we were going to Lapland we're not in Lapland and she was just really grumpy about it I think but you know we'd I'd taken sort of you know kind of grandparents along with us who were all really very Christmassy and I think everybody was just felt a little bit flat that it kind of hadn't really quite panned out how we had hoped. <laughs> we're not going to be going to visit Santa this year. Uh, I think I think we're done with that after uh, I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before uh, where we basically disgraced ourselves. <laughs> Um, well so <laughs> we went to um to uh San father christmas we went to see father christmas in preston manor so it's a big you know manor house in, in very Brighton. idyllic it's, christmas setting <laughs> it's, it's beautiful in there and the santa was absolutely spot on it was a real beard he was really really giving it everything he had but the whole experience <laughs> from my perspective was really stressful because I mean, firstly, you kind of you go in there and all of the other kids are dressed in Christmas clothes, like, you know, you know, like elf costumes and, and mm -hmm. like Christmas jumpers. And they're really smart because I think, you know, other parents is like, well, you've got to dress smart for Santa. And the kids will just go, yes, of course I do. And they'll just fucking do it. Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. That's not going to swing. How the kids. other half lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly i don't think i want to live that way dress up to see Santa. anyway um 
<laughs> so dress up to sit on some strange man's knee. <laughs> exactly. So my rabble rock up in whatever they're wearing. Um, probably onesies, <laughs> whatever it is. And they're expecting to see Santa. Now, Jay already knows that it's a sham. Um, uh, and Otto is probably suspicious, but but he's happy to kind of just suspend disbelief there. And India is is none the wiser. So we turn up and there's we're we're, because they do you in batches because it's a racket now it's like a proper it's a machine isn't it it's like these people here we're going to entertain these people with some elves and some christmas music and some hot chocolate while we're getting the other ones out the back door um and santa has a shot of whiskey before the next lot come in right (laughs) um so so then they funnel us through into this room and there's songs play christmas songs playing and um and everyone has to sit down and wait. Um, but that in itself is not a given with no. my kids. They they could sitting down, night sitting down and waiting. They're two already two issues. Yeah. <laughs> sitting still and waiting for a thing they want to happen, uh, are problematic. So everyone else is sitting very nicely. Did you get the opportunity to to queue jump with your sunflower lanyard or anything like that? I think that was probably in the days before I started to realise that I should stop trying to crowbar my children into neurotypical situations <laughs> and expecting them to behave like neurotypicals just uh, by osmosis. You know, you pack them tightly enough with neurotypicals, they'll behave like them. Of course they won't. <laughs> what they will do is they will appall everyone around them. Um, so anyway, they were already pretty fizzy by the time they went in to see Santa. Then they go into this beautiful drawing room with this massive like tree and there are elves there getting the children to sit on the floor before Santa comes in my kids are not going to sit on the floor um when you ask them to do that (laughs) so they're sort of milling around and I'm trying to shepherd them there and I'm also you know trying to say to Jay well obviously sit sit down otherwise Santa's not going to come and then I realize that I need to stop that line because he's going to be well Santa's not real (laughs) and ruin it for all of these kids so I just go he didn't say that I was just like I caught myself and went come and sit with me (laughs) just come and stand over here with me it's like a PDA worst nightmare it's it's like a like a grenade isn't it in the in the middle of of that experience for so many kids it's like a really special thing for them reflecting on that and and quite glad that I've not done it over the last couple of years now that that ticks are really involved in our life you know it's oh god yeah do you imagine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah yeah because we're going to be ruining lots of people's Christmases um they're going to be hearing some very non-festive language uh <laughs> So, so all the kids are waiting there, very expectant, and and the elves are trying to, you know, because the elves are essentially crowd control at this point as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That's their job. They're, they, you know, set dressing and crowd control all in one to go, you know, well, you know, sit down, otherwise Santa won't come out and all that guff, right? So, um, but Otto and India do sit down and that's okay. And then finally Santa shuffles out and tells a story. And, you know, it's <laughs> it's fine, but we all know why we're here. We're not here for the story, are we, dude? <laughs> Bring out the presents and let's go, because I'm already like, I'm already on edge. You know, just thinking, it, it, Jay could ruin Christmas for everyone. Um, and I'm already feeling a lot of judgment from the other parents as well, because my <laughs> children are deemed as naughty, right? It's like, you know, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to just <laughs> explain the situation to every one of them. So I just kind of let it happen. 
Um, and then he gets out his bag of presents. And this is one of the ones where in advance you sort of, because you book on, so they've got a list of all the kids, right? They've got the kids' names written down. Mm -hmm. So he gets out the present and he reads the kid's name uh, and the kid comes up and takes the present and then he gets the next one and and it takes for ages. It's painful. It's just like, when is my present? And they're getting fizzier and fizzier. And for whatever reason, um, we're right near the end. And I can I can tell, because he doesn't know who the kids are. So he's reading the names. And like I can tell he's hoping that the name he reads out next to these kids over here, my kids, right? It's like, you know, Joseph? No, it's not Joseph. Oh, okay, fine. It's like he's trying to get us through the door. Um and eventually my kids go up and they get their present and he's like, okay, but don't open it until you go out, you get outside. Um, like a red rag to a bull. Which, oh, it really is as well, <laughs> because, because obviously all of the presents are the same, aren't they? Basically, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have, which another thing that just drives me crazy, they have boy presents and girl presents. Like why, why, yeah. why do they have to be gendered? Just, just give them a present and, and move along. Um, so, uh, so obviously, Jay rips open his present. It's like a it's a blackboard and chalk. Oh, uh, disappointing. Which, but they're all disappointing. That's the, you know you're not going, not going to be a PlayStation, is it? <laughs> what are you expecting? So, but obviously he he can't disguise his disappointment there as well. He's you know so he's muttering under his breath <laughs> something, and he start he strops off, and I have to kind of follow him. Basically, we. We eventually get out and then they're like right you can look around the you can look around the manor now because your entrance fee you know also includes look it's like nope we're just getting the fuck out of here <laughs> let's get in the car um so yeah we just bundled into the car and left and i just thought that is i'm not gonna do that style of uh that style of santa again it's just not, it's just not worth it is it yeah there's other ways of creating the magic and tailoring it to your own brand of family unit i think yeah yeah exactly that and it's also you know it's just another of those ex experiences i'm like that was entirely my fault <laughs> you know that is not on my kids that's on me i should not have the i should i shouldn't have brought us here you kind of feel like your years are numbered though for the christmas magic and you kind of you know you, you know that that's gonna end at some point i mean it ended that day <laughs> So we're talking about the sort of the build up to Christmas and the, the kind of Christmas magic. And um, a part of that build up is is kind of writing a Christmas list, I guess. And you're saying that, you know, at the moment, PDA is, <laughs> is putting a stop to actually writing the Christmas list for Amber. Is that right? Yeah, very much. I mean, she's got some very specific Christmas wants this year, but she... She went and bought one for herself the other day. So that was immediately one that I can't get her for Christmas because she's she's squirreled away all of her all of her money right. and she's really good at saving. So I don't like to say no when she actually wants something. She said, Well, can I use some of my savings to go and buy that? And it's kind of like, Well, yeah, you haven't really bought anything this year. Okay, go on then. Um, but it was like that was the one thing I knew yeah. she wanted for Christmas and she's gone and bought it for herself. I guess it's... But she I tried to sit down with her the other day and say, well, well how about I type your Christmas list on the laptop and we can look up some links. and You can tell me exactly what you want and we can put the link on the list. And she was like, oh, fine. And I was sort of looking up these sort of Pokemon toys and things that she wants. She's like, you are so wasting my time. <laughs> this is taking forever. I'm not interested. I'm going. And it's like, okay, knowing full well that 
you know, if we if we don't get the thing that she is envisaged, envisaged probably in the middle of her head, that we're going to pay for it yeah. Christmas Day. And that sounds like, you know, the neurotypical <clears throat> viewpoint of that is how spoiled. But actually, you know, she has a very set image in her head. I mean, last year, against our better judgment, she was desperate for a Barbie dream house. She wanted a Barbie right. dream house. We knew that she wouldn't play with the Barbie dream house, but it was the only thing she actually wanted. So we got the Barbie dream house and the Barbie dream house has been played with probably less than 10 times and is currently in my hallway waiting redistribution to some other child now. Was it well received on the day though? Yes, it was. It hit the mark on the day. It was what she wanted. Great job done. (laughs) But this year I'm struggling to even get the, what is it that you want on Christmas day? Yeah. (laughs) And I think she'll have that expectation of you know the big pile of presents which the pile gets smaller as you get older because the things you want are smaller and it's yeah, more yeah, expensive yeah, yeah. so you know facing this small pile of nintendo switch games and pokemon cards versus a giant box that she got last year with a barbie I, dream i think in, in a way though I, I like i actually i quite like the fact that my kids aren't they're not sort of into what their mates are into they don't want presents for the sake of Mm. presents or they don't want presents for the sake of the fact that most of their classmates are getting that or that's the thing to get this year so that's quite nice in a way that they're not just going i want this and i want this and i want this and like this and just firing a bunch of different requests she's got very very focused interests and i always try and get you know sort of oscar's really into football Mm -hmm. so everything will probably be football related or you know he'll be delighted with a new pair of football boots Mm -hmm. or something or a new pair of goalie gloves under the tree and that's all quite practical i can deal with that um and Amber is, she is in complete Pokemon zone okay. at the moment. So everything will be Pokemon themed. So, okay, a new lunchbox. Okay, a new water bottle. Okay, some clothes with Pokemon on. That's fine. So I think we can work around it. But it would be nice if she would write a list. But she's having none of it. <laughs> I mean, Otto <laughs> is extremely anxious about writing Christmas lists and always has been. Um, so, I mean, cause he's got, you know, he's, he has huge problems with choice, with choosing things. It, it it's, it, it's PDA, yeah. I think, isn't it? It's, it's that demand of like, you, you've got to tell me something and he's like, oh, there are too many things. And if I say a thing, then what if that's the wrong thing? What if that turns out to be something I don't want? And so he panics a little bit. So that's quite, quite hard. I think that's him. part of Amber's issue as well. The, the kind of PDA and, and choice is really, really difficult and it feels so final doesn't it when you write something on a list to say well that's what i want well, what, what, what if i change my mind yeah yeah you know it's um i mean jay has no such issues he knows exactly what he wants <laughs> yeah. but it's always really odd right so uh one year now when he was like three he was like definitely wanted a pogo stick when that that was a very definitely wanted a pogo stick fine i can do that that's not a problem what a couple of years ago he wanted a kitchen knife um <laughs> which is again i was like okay we could we could do that because he's not going to use it without our supervision and that might help him to, to... you hope <laughs> yeah exactly no i know where it's locked <laughs> it's fine um but but you know it might help him be more kind of confident in the kitchen and to might actually uh, get mm. him to cook food he will eat so you know yeah that's fine um i mean could be an added bonus it, I mean, it hasn't happened that hasn't manifested itself but that's fine you can <laughs> you can imagine you can dream um then last year he wanted a cloak 
because again, okay, cool. he's Fair living enough. his Victorian dream of just having a cloak. Um, this year, he was like, and this is a couple of months ago. Do you know what I want for Christmas, Daddy? No, I don't. A banana peeler. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, can you even get banana peelers? <laughs> Apparently so. You can get like banana-shaped lunch boxes to put bananas yeah, in. Yeah, no, it was very specifically a banana peeler. I was like, I, what, what, your hands are banana peelers. <laughs> Didn't know there's an actual thing. He's like, no, there's a there's a thing. And he tried to describe it. He was like, all right, fine. I've got it. You're going to get a banana peeler. <laughs> That's it. But I like the fact that it's not, he's not, He's doing it because he wants it, not because other people are yeah. getting it. Or I don't know. Um, and like Oscar, who's going on about cash and a laptop. Is that what he's saying? Cash. Cold hard cash, mummy. Mm. Yeah, cash. Cash. Cash has been suggested. Really? Cash and a laptop. All I want for yeah. Christmas, mummy, is for you to make it rain. So once the Christmas list has been written and it comes to Christmas Day, what I'm interested in is what your day looks like and how that looks because everyone's christmas is so different everyone has different traditions yeah um i mean wh- and those traditions are compromised like somewhat i guess by your personnel <laughs> yeah well yeah my personnel not always my kids i think um reflecting on last okay. christmas and um, i would, <laughs> um yeah <laughs> It was a what funny one. Last well, we, we sort of we we planned we planned really well. We were like, right, we're not going to have loads of people round. We're not going to have the family coming in and out like buses. We're going to keep everything really yes. low key, and we're going to have a really chill Christmas. And one of the self-imposed kind of Christmas traditions that I imposed from my childhood, which which still carries on to this day, is that when people open their stockings, we we sit in bed. I am presented with okay. a, a cup of tea and we, we open the stockings in bed. and That's very civilised. Yeah, and that, that's it's just really nice. We're all in our gym jams. We've got mm. a cup of tea mm-hmm. there. Everybody's opening their bits and pieces. And that was going swimmingly. And for years, pre-kids, my husband and I have always got each other stockings. And that's just been something that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um and so this year the kids came down with the with the stockings. The dog was there. I had my cup of tea. Great, they're opening their stockings. I've managed to strategically hide husband's stocking in the room and, and gone, Oh look, Santa left this for you. Oh, here's your stocking. And there was a, a look of abject horror on his face. And I was like, Hmm, okay. Hmm. What's happening here? And then the, for the, I think the first person to pick up on it was Amber. And she's like, where's your stocking oh my god and I'm like oh oh, I don't know Santa's probably left it somewhere silly and I just you know see this look of horror (laughs) on my husband's face and then he says you said we weren't doing them this year and I'm like I have no recollection of that conversation genuinely don't and there's some debate about this now he seems to still think that we had some conversation where the stocking for each other was kind of stood down um but it wasn't and you know she'd gone from perfect Christmas morning mood instantly to utter devastation and Christmas is is cancelled. Christmas has Santa forgotten. Santa has missed mummy. you out because you've been a naughty girl. I have been. Mummy has working. been naughty. <laughs> she has is absolutely outraged because mummy is oh not naughty, and she's devastated. And Christmas is ruined. 
Oh, it was just and awful. She feels a very keen sense of injustice oh, as well. Huge. So she's absolutely she's absolutely huge. Like fighting your corner, no doubt. Absolutely huge. And you know, she she was on strike. Christmas was cancelled. Oscar was starting to get oh, upset. Man. And it's you know, I hadn't even started drinking my cup of tea at this point. And it was, you know, we'd gone from, yes, we're going to win this Christmas to, oh, dear God, here we go. From from the moment I mean, we've got really up, early for it to go wrong yeah, as well. I think it was probably about five o'clock in the morning. It was really, really early, Mark, oh as Christmas God. mornings tend to be. And so I, I sort of I don't I, don't, I can't even remember what happened. I probably suggested that, oh, maybe Santa's left it somewhere around the house to which there was some frantic scrambling of the husband and then my stocking appeared. He drives to a petrol station some some Get. unwrapped items in it and i, I think there's a, oh, no. a pair of socks that was going to be gifted to somebody else that hadn't been wrapped yet in there and a sort of a miniature bottle of gin that had been taken from the bar and god knows what else was in there i think a bar of chocolate from the fridge or something but it it worked and and christmas did it, it work did. okay wow it did christmas was saved. And i was like oh silly santa you know hiding my stocking around the house <laughs> as but, you're swigging oh, the gin yeah it was it was a it was a whew moment it could have it could have just colored the whole rest of the day yeah, that early morning bit is actually quite nice for us as well, I guess. I mean, it's because there's no one else around, right? No, it's lovely. It's just you. So it's like we, 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 you know, we know we're controlling the variables. It's important. Mm-hmm. So um... I think the other thing as well that, uh, you know, I always used to try and enforce on Christmas Day was a no TV rule. I mean, that has absolutely gone out the window. Of course, TV is involved on Christmas Day. <laughs> Why would you do that? Exactly. I mean... Stupid, stupid. But the routine is kept as normal. You know, there's breakfast yeah. as normal breakfast would be in front of the tv and that's fine and you know and we mm-hmm. just we just now try and keep things as normal as they sort of can be on a yeah. christmas day yeah so we so we have stockings in the in uh similarly but um tam and i don't get each other stockings um the but the kids have stockings and they open their present their presents from their stockings but we what we do then is have breakfast. So stockings is kind of small stuff, basically. Um, and we then have breakfast. Uh, and rather, because when I was a kid, my mum, she loves Christmas and she would go really overboard for Christmas and she would, there'd be a mountain of presents and we'd just be ripping over the presents and going, hey, that's a good thing. And oh, then no, another thing. I can't do it We that don't way. do that with our lot. I can't, I can't do no. that. I'm very rigid about that. People can't just pile into the presents because then nobody knows who got no. who what. And no, it has to be done in a one at a time orderly fashion. Everybody has to watch each other opening their presents. Yes, that's what we do. That's absolutely what we do. But that has backfired sometimes when we go somewhere else and they're just ripping into presents. Jay is like, no. That's not how Christmas is done. I'm with him. That is not what we do here. He's with him. There's a way. So he's, because he loves the giving the presents mm-hmm. out so there was a time that we went um and this is this is the time of the biggest christmas meltdown um that that jay ever had as so we went to my parents house and we had you know open our presents and the cousins you know my my brother and uh his kids were coming over and so we were like waiting for the cousins and he wanted to give them presents right and he kept saying, when can we give them presents? So we'll, we'll, we'll wait, obviously wait for them to get here. 
<laughs> wait for them to get here. Then they arrived and they hadn't even got their coats off. And he was like trying to give them presents. <laughs> and various different people were saying, no, not yet, not yet. Just wait, just wait. But he'd had this expectation oh, in his him. head all morning. That was what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They were going to come through the door and he was going to give them presents. And so when he was told that that wasn't going to happen, he just couldn't handle it because he was so excited and he was so sort of keen to do it and to, to for, for this to be Christmas like he'd imagined that he just had a complete meltdown. And I've not really seen it um since and he was just rolling around on the floor and making these kind of animal noises oh totally bored over like poor thing rare completely like that was it he was done um and i sort of had to you know take him away i literally carried him into a different room and sort of tried to talk him down and, and understand what was going on um and i spoke to him um in in the bedroom and said what what was what 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 what's going on and he was like people keep telling me different things and I don't know what the rules yeah. are uh, which was very clear actually very self aware of mm-hmm. him because he wasn't really you know able to articulate that uh, really at that age so it was very very clear and it's like okay so what we did is we we said okay at this time we are going to open presents with the cousins and you are going to be the Christmas elf. <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to hand out the presents, okay? And we made it a thing. He had a role. Yeah. Um. Again, we've kind of talked about the importance of giving them a just, just need a defining yeah. what it is that's going to happen and what they're doing. Yeah. Uh. So then his job was handing out presents to people, and that's where he became a bit of a militant elf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you cannot have that present. You can't open that present yet because Granddad's not finished opening his present, and yeah. um. You have to so wait. it was a little bit like the other person. Yeah. <laughs> It was a little bit like Christmas at gunpoint, <laughs> but but it, it definitely kind of resolved that little uh, the situation that we found mm. ourselves in, and it, it it worked in the end. So that was good. Um, so you you're saying that you don't have visitors at Christmas? Well, now. we no, right? we did. We had my brother and his girlfriend last year, which was really really lovely. It was just the six of us, and it was really really chilled okay. and really relaxed and it was really really nice and then when the kids went to bed as normal we just we stayed up late and played some board games and regretted that the next morning but you know so that was really lovely so we did we got a really good balance last christmas i think this year we either haven't got anybody coming or we've got my husband's dad coming i'm not sure yet um but yeah, I just, I can't be doing with too much family traffic on the day. It's better if they yeah. come on the Boxing Day once the kind of the initial expectation of the day is kind of over. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Children relax are not words that I would ever use to describe our Christmases. And I, I think, yeah, maybe we do do too much, but there's an expectation that we basically, different people in my family and Tam's family host Christmas. So we sort of rotate. Uh, what we do is we always have Christmas morning at ours. And then, you know, they're kind of a drivable distance away. So we all then pile into the car and go to whoever's house it is. But then when you do that, obviously, that's fine when it's small. But when more people mm-hmm. come, dysregulation yeah. occurs. And even though they're people that we know and we love and the kids know and they're comfortable with, it's not that. It's just this... It's almost like a frog in hot water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just bubbling away. And then all of a sudden, because it's so, 
it's so sensory to them. And I, I, I overlook that every year and I totally shouldn't do that. And it's, it's completely wrong of me, but there is so much going on for them in terms of number of mm-hmm. people and smells and different Paper sounds everywhere, and... pine needles everywhere, the dog's overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> and so there becomes that sort of that gradual build up until there's a time where it's just like, yeah, that's it. We're done. Uh, and Jay will usually be the one that calls that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like we're going now. It was, it was like last year. It went to my um, my brother's. He was hosting, and they've got a really lovely big house, and it was really nice. And then Jay, like quite early, just went, "Can we go home now, please?" Yeah. <laughs> and my my brother gets it, and and um, but I I wasn't ready for that. I wanted to stay because it's my family Christmas as well. It's difficult, isn't it? As parents, you kind of, you know, we're we're excited about Christmas. We want to enjoy it as well in the way that we would enjoy it. And I think, you know, I think if I've learned anything over the last couple of years is to kind of manage my own expectations a bit. And I think, you know, I've enjoyed Christmas far more having what I think are more low demand Christmases now where we do, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I wouldn't have dreamed a few years ago of not seeing my parents Christmas Day, but you know, my mum and dad get it. And, you know, we talked about this year and mum and dad are like, Oh, we're going to stay at home. We're going to have your grandparents to us. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see you on boxing day or the day after, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's, you know, we've got some time off this year. So that's, that's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Christmas. (laughs) And I think, I think uh, I speak for a lot of neuroshambolic families when I say yeah. this. My, my favourite Christmas was COVID Christmas. <laughs> Where you had a low demand Christmas, you didn't have all those visitors. Fucking brilliant, because we weren't allowed, mm-hmm. legally, we were not allowed to have visitors. No. <laughs> it's like, and we were legally not allowed to go and visit people. So we had exactly the Christmas we wanted. It was, uh, like, I I personally love being sociable and I love going to, to people. But for my family, that Christmas was wonderful because we did everything we wanted to do at our own pace. You know what the answer is then? Just tell everybody you've got COVID at Christmas. Nobody will want you then. <laughs> exactly. Stay at home. Sorry, guys, I'm riddled with the COVID. Uh, you don't want me. Eating your Christmas dinner. Oh, man, it'd be amazing. <laughs> um, and like I say, like I do, I, I do love it. But it's not it's not the best thing for my kids, I guess. My mum in particular loves Christmas and loves gifting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so what we did is I drove to my parents like the week before they left a big bag of presents outside the door for the kids <laughs> and I piled them into my car and then drove home um and then on Christmas day we had a zoom call with them where yeah. we opened the presents in front of them uh because mm-hmm. my kids are super excited about very small presents it's like <laughs> They lose their minds. No, it's nice though. <laughs> Literally, Jay has been jumping up and down, going, "I've got socks! Yes, I've got socks!" He's <laughs> like, "They're just socks, dude." Um, and so I was in this situation where my parents are on the screen watching my kids open these presents and loving it, and I'm watching my parents watching my kids and seeing them just really kind of glow. Uh, and that was just a really magical Christmas that year. And I know, like, I know a lot of people died. And I know, I know it was harrowing for many people who couldn't get to see their families. But but that for that little pocket of time, it was exactly what we mm-hmm. needed. And it was really nice. 
So I think that's uh, that's Christmas well and truly covered. And it's making me both look forward to and dread Christmas this year, all in one, um, which is quite an interesting feeling. It's not all rubbish. Okay, it's time for It's Not All Rubbish, uh, where we're going to be looking at the positive uh, aspects of parenting neurodivergent kids. So um, uh, let's kick off with neurodiversity champions. Have you got any neurodiversity champions for us, Belle? Yeah, I think I have, actually, reflecting on a, a situation that I had last week that I know uh, I, I messaged you about, and I think you found quite entertaining. But I, um, I, I had the we, me and my husband, had the foresight to just really reflect on how mad mm. life is at the moment with work and with one out of full-time education, et cetera. And we, we hired ourselves cleaner oh, cleaner coming in two hours a week lovely clean house one thing yeah. less for us to deal with you know how very middle class but how very lovely all at the same time um but hadn't really anticipated that amber would really not tolerate the cleaners um coming into the house and absolutely refusing point blank to let them in two hours was a cleaner waiting outside yeah yeah yeah, there was two of them and no no she they were allowed in the house but the one place I really wanted cleaned was our kitchen living and dining area which is all kind of open plan and in together it's the, the biggest space in the house really and um no matter what I tried no means of negotiation she was having absolutely none of it like as in was just physically not going to move from the space and not going to allow it no, and she was getting more and more dysregulated, and I tried everything, bribery, everything, and she was just having absolutely none of it. And it was it was really difficult because I was, you know, I'm that person, and they've been here a couple of times, and this is now the second time she's flat out refused to let them in. And and it was kind of like, okay, well, th- thanks, ladies, if you could just do just do what you can, yeah. And they're like, is she going to let us in? And I'm like, no no she's not and you know and I I sort of that was really difficult and I did spend a lot of time thinking can I not bloody outsource anything (laughs) in my life you know (laughs) I'm going to be (laughs) confined to Cinderella behaviors forever and ever and ever and I think there was some comment around well nobody can clean the house apart from you that's your job um at one point from from Amber um so yes I was both seething and disappointed but also laughing slightly at the whole ludicrousy of the situation but that kind of leads me on really to my recommendation of the local business that provides my (laughs) semi-cleaning services at the moment because the girls that come to the house are just wonderful they're so understanding and so sweet about the whole situation and there's absolutely no judgment from them at all they're just they're just sort of like they're like you know is there anything we could do differently? Oh, do you think the smell of things and, or, you that's know, really sweet. Or the, you know, what if we came in and we had a chat and introduced ourselves Would that help? And they've just been so sweet. None of it, none of it will help, but you know, they've just, they've just been absolutely lovely about it. So I'd really like to kind of give a shout out to, um, this amazing cleaning company called Amazing Maids, who are based over in sort of East mm-hmm. Sussex, uh, primarily Eastbourne sort of area. And they're just they're just wonderful. Not only do they absolutely do an absolutely smashing job, but equally the staff that they have are just so lovely and so understanding and just made a really awkward, difficult situation 10 times easier than it could have been. Brilliant. OK, that's a great shout out. Thank you for that. 
Um, I've got a quick neurodiversity champion shout out. Um, and this is for um, Glow Wild. I don't know if you've heard of Glow Wild. <clears throat> oh, um, I have. I've not been, though. It sounds lovely. <clears throat> so Glow Wild is an event that uh, is uh, at Wakehurst, which is is um, like a National Trust property, but it's, it's run by Kew Gardens. Um, and it's just it, what they do is they put around these sort of paper lanterns through like, I think it's about a mile. Uh, mm. walk through these amazing gardens and these brilliant beautiful landscapes but it's all lit up like incredibly with these these paper lanterns and you get like lanterns that you can walk walk around with as well um and we've been a few times and it's really magical so my kids are so sensory seeking as well um that to see this this really beautiful landscape lit up in really inventive different ways and um and kind of spotting it uh spotting all the different sort of lights and stuff is is uh, we really love as a family or like all of us and we've been a few times um, but the reason why they're neurodiversity champions is because they have uh, two special sessions they have a quiet session uh, and a relaxed session before other people get there so there are fewer people oh, um, sounds I, wonderful. Think they, I think they turn down the sound a little bit um, yeah. they do it a bit earlier so it's not as dark as well um, and it's just yeah they just really do a great job because you're not jostling with lots and lots of people um and it gives them chance to enjoy it and for us to be a little bit more uh relaxed as we're going around so i would give a big shout out to that if anyone can uh, can get over to wakehurst for that it is really worth it that sounds absolutely wonderful mark uh as it is with all of the uh, the neurodiversity champions, I'll put the, the a link in the in the um, show notes in case anyone wants to read a little bit more. Tiny epic wins. The next section is the what I have now renamed. It's no longer tiny wins. It's <laughs> tiny epic wins. Tiny epic wins. Yay! Oh, <laughs> uh, so tiny in a neurotypical world, but epic in ours. And uh, so, um, mm-hmm. my tiny epic win from this this week is that Otto made a salad made a salad did he use jay's knife uh no i'm not letting me anywhere near the the actual knives dude (laughs) um yeah so so otto is uh he's he's fine motor skills are really not great um so he can't use cutlery and and I, I try and encourage him to do cooking with 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 us. Um, and Tam does as well. We try to involve him. Um, and he's, you know, he was he will always say no. And I know why he says no is because he's got a fear of failure and a fear of not being able to do it. And um, even if we ask him in a non-PDA way, he just doesn't pick up the hints that we're dropping. It's like, hey, I'm making pizza and I could do with some extra help. Uh, you know, he's like, well, whatever, I'm off. Um, so, <laughs> so, but he came up to me out of the blue and went, I want to make a salad. And I was just like, hold everything yes we're We're gonna make a salad salad. i was yeah exactly i dropped everything um to to help him make this salad because it's so unusual for him to do that and i also know that when he learns to do something once he he has that he wants to do it again and he's got the confidence so i dropped everything and i helped him make this salad we chose all of the ingredients and i helped him with the peeling the carrot that he found quite hard and 
<laughs> quite a lot of personal danger to myself. I'm holding the tomatoes. <laughs> He's trying to chop them with a knife, like working with him because again, I don't want him to fail. Uh, and I don't, so, so I'm, uh, he's doing chopping and I'm teaching him and it was really lovely because I, ha- I haven't had many of those kind of more hands-on experiences with him. Mm. Um, and he was really proud of it. And like, as uh, Tam is aware of how important this is to him as well. So Tam is immediately like, Oh, let me try it. And really bigged it up. Uh, and so now he can make a salad and, That's amazing. uh, w- we had some people around, um, the other day and again he because he now knows this he was like oh can I make a salad again it's like yes you can of course you can so I mean it's the middle of winter we don't want salads but I'm gonna be his party dish (laughs) it is I'm not gonna say no to that now am I uh so now we're gonna try and get him onto more complex things beef wellington's next oh go on yeah so very happy about that what the flip Okay, uh, it is my, it's always my favourite section. It's the what the flip section where I basically divulge all the stuff that I've been <laughs> having to subsume over the last few weeks. Um, it's the the moments that my my children uh, make me go, what? Um, and I don't know if you've had any what the flip moments at all, Belle. Uh- no, I'm just trying to think of some. I don't think I have actually, Mark. I mean, I've got plenty. Not so this don't worry time. About that. So you you fill in the so, gaps here. <laughs> right. So again, on the on the on the cooking front, uh, Jay was like, "Oh, I'm bored. I'm really bored." I was like, "Okay, uh, let's make some biscuits." And straight away, he went, "Yes." I was like, "Brilliant." Okay, you look up some recipes. He went, "No recipes." <laughs> It's like biscuit roulette. Exactly that, right? He he <laughs> believes that he can just do it, just make it up, as he and I I having tasted some of his chocolate cakes, can assure you he doesn't know how to do it. Because it's like rubber. Okay. And he's got this thing about he refuses to use recipes. It's like no recipes. And I went, Jay, you need to know the quantities of the ingredients. I've been cooking for years and I still use recipes. And he went, Exactly, and your food is disgusting. <laughs> so, uh, so um so we didn't make biscuits in the end so didn't you didn't make them. them you didn't make biscuits for biscuit roulette no he refused that sounds like a good christmas game <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's um what one of these biscuits has been made by jay <laughs> which one guess, guess which one, one? <laughs> it's the one that bounces when you drop it on the floor <laughs> um the the other um what the flip moment i had from from nowhere out of the blue he just turned to me and went daddy you're the french bulldog of the family because you have a messed up face (laughs) (laughs) what oh man it's a good job i've stopped caring about that isn't it oh dear i think that's talking about the uh the messed up face situation i suppose that does prompt one thought that i had that oscar really struggles when i change my hair massively oh, really yeah so he's introduced me a couple of times over the last few weeks as that woman over there with the horrible hair because i oh i God. deigned to go to the hairdressers and have my badly badly grown out roots tended to and decided that i couldn't be blonde any longer because i simply don't have the time so i've gone back to my natural Roots. And he's yeah. just, he's disowned you now. That's oh, it. absolutely hates it. You're dead hates to him. It. 
I went to pick him up from football and he just took, took one look at me. He's like, why have you done that? And uh, yeah, and all the other oh. mums just sort of looked at me aghast. I'm like, don't worry, I was fully expecting it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> We're just so used to it now. It just just, just bounces off us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more what the flip moment, which sort of underpins <laughs> this. Um, is that he he went to a charity shop with Tam um, again just to kind of as something to do he you know because you can go to a charity shop and he can like root around he likes knickknacks and like street finds he loves street finds do you know what I mean by that yeah yeah you know when people just leave stuff outside the house they're getting rid of he's like wicked and he's rooting through all that crap it's and he'll free. find something. <laughs> <laughs> something shiny and it's like a big thing for him right mm-hmm. um so he we, we're in a charity shop and he he's bought oh, i wasn't there he bought he bought a cheese knife <laughs> i don't know why he bought a, a silver silver plated cheese knife and um i didn't know he bought this so i sort of looked <laughs> in on him and he's in front of the mirror and he's got this cheese knife, cheese knife and he's gritting his teeth and he's swishing it about <laughs> I was surprised they let him purchase it. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, but the cheese knife is not really. It's just because it's not sharp and it's sort of like curving. It's got yeah. It's like a cheddar knife, right? It's not. It's not one of the sharp ones. It's one that's like curves up at the end. So it's not. You're not going to stab anyone with it. You might sort of prong someone with it, but that's the the most that you can do. Um, but he's swishing it around with malice in his eyes. <laughs> and I went, Jay, what are you doing? And he went knife training this and he held it up this is my comfort knife comfort knife (laughs) okay it's like it said everything i needed him to say at that point i was like okay okay as long as it gives you comfort i mean what can i do just gingerly close the door and let him get on with it so that is it. That's the end of the Christmas, uh, the Christmas special of of the podcasts. Um, Quite fitting. You've ended it with a, a cheese knife. You know that tends to be usually exactly. how Christmas ends. Yes, cheese but and with significantly less comfort. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so this is the bit. Sorry, the, the kind of slightly tedious bit where I bang on about the socials um, because I want to spread the word uh, for the show because I, you know, the people that are listening to it and you are all wonderful human beings and I really appreciate the the engagement that you have with it um, and I want other people to hear about it. So um, if you can let people know. Uh, about it just pass it on to people who you think might uh, might get something out of it please let them know about it um if you want to write to us and tell us something um that you would like us to cover on neuro shambles any topics uh, or if you've got anything you want to say about the show then please email hello at neuroshambles.com um and there's another specific request i want to make to anyone who's on facebook and you're in any facebook groups that uh, for parents of neurodivergent kids because i am not allowed to post on those groups because it counts as self-promotion right and i've had i've been <laughs> i've had posts removed pretty straight away by going look i've got this podcast and it is literally for the people in this group by one of the people in this group i know that technically it's self-promotion but i wanted to get the word out um so i'm tired of being sort of banned from, from those groups <laughs> for trying to spread the word so if anyone is on any of these groups 
please just just put a post about it. Just let people know about it, and then it doesn't count as self promotion, and um, and I will feel a bit better about myself because I don't like being rejected. Um, so that would be that would be great. Um, that's it. I've, I've I've done with that now with the self promotion stuff. Uh, all that remains for me to say is uh, jingle bell. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on and talking to me about your Christmas. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful uh, Christmas, and it is everything that uh, that you hope it will be. Uh, I'm sure it will will because you sound fully in control. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she says that's um, the plan. <laughs> don't forget the stockings is all no. I can say. Oh Lord, no. Um, no, thank you very much for, for coming on. And um, all that remains for me to say now is to the audience, thank you for listening and have a nice life. Bye.